that God had promised in his word of what would be had not yet occurred. So everybody's waiting. Well, not everybody. A lot of people are just going about their lives, doing whatever they want to do, perhaps trying to find other means for peace and consolation. But Simeon is a picture of a man who was faithful. He was waiting for God. Again, he, we heard last week he had waited 400 years. There had been no new revelation from God for 400 years, could you imagine? But the Holy Spirit was upon Samuel. But here's the revelation that he'd received. Verse 26, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it was revealed to him that he would see the Christ before he would die. So he's waiting. He's ready. He's not playing on a smartphone. He's not dancing in the street. He's where he needs to be. He's in the right place. Verse 27, and he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law. Let me just stop right there. He was in the right place at the right time. He was doing something ordinary. Yes, he had God's promise that he would see the Christ, but he didn't know what day that was going to be. We see in this passage that Simeon is very old. Day after day, week after week, he would worship God. He would do these ordinary things. He probably sang that psalm that we just read, that we had just heard about. So he's there. He's at the right place at the right time. He knows that the Christ is coming, but he doesn't know what day it's going to be. Uh, there was a moment where I was in the right place at the right time. I wasn't seeking, uh, I wasn't seeking anything special. This was when I was living in Chicago. It was about 11 years ago. I would go for a run, and I would run down 31st Street, and I would run along Lake Michigan, and then I would run back. And on this particular day, I'm running, and I'm on my way back, and this guy on the sidewalk says, hey, did you see who that was back there? And I said, no. And he said, it, it, was, it was Barack Obama and his family. And I said, oh, that's kind of interesting. So I ran back, and I'm standing on, I'm standing by this park bench. It's this little harbor area, and, and he... The family and some other folks were, were, were walking their bikes. They must have gone on a bike ride, and they were walking their bikes back down this, this pier. And I'm trying to be all nonchalant. I'm stretching. But I see the Secret Service folks. This was actually before he had become president. He had announced his candidacy, and I'm, just, I'm trying to play it cool. But I'm, I'm curious, right? You, know, you don't see someone famous uh, every day when you go for a run. So they're making their way, and they get close. And, and as uh, Barack Obama walks by, I said, I pray that God honors your campaign and that you honor him with it. And he said, thank you very much. And he kept going, and then I ran home. And uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, you want to blame me that Obama <laughs> became president, but God allowed it to happen. God made it happen, and maybe it was because of my prayer. I don't know. But he was grateful. But when I went out for this run, I wasn't setting out to see anybody. I was going out to exercise. And because I listened to this guy on the sidewalk, if he hadn't been there, I wouldn't have known anything. I would have kept going. But again, Simeon was in the right place at the right time. The Spirit was upon him, and he, he sees... Joseph and Mary bring in Jesus. 
he looks and sees him. Verse 28, he took him up in his arms and blessed God. It's, it's interesting, right? He, he, he takes Jesus into his arms, and he, he doesn't speak yet to Joseph and Mary. He speaks to God, right? He talks to God about what he's seeing. He interprets his whole life. All of his circumstances, he, he speaks to God in response. He took him in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. A light of revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people Israel. It's amazing, right? He's, he's able to say, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace. He says, I can die in peace now because I've seen Jesus. And this is true for you, friends. If you see Jesus clearly, if you see who he is and what he's done for you, no matter when you go, whenever it is your time, you can go in peace. There's nothing left to accomplish. Yes, each day that God gives you, there is something useful for you to do to be a blessing to other people. But when you know Jesus, when you see him, when you trust in him, you can go in peace. You can say, Lord, use me today for your purposes, but if you want to take me today, that's okay, because I've seen you. You have taken care of everything that I've need. You've taken away my sin. You've taken away my guilt. You've taken away my fear. And Lord, when I do fear, I trust in you. Jesus is that great. When you see him, who he is, you can go in peace like Simeon did. He says, my eyes have seen your salvation. Through the Holy Spirit, he was able to see that when he saw Jesus, he saw salvation. He was the one who he had been waiting for. And then he says about him, he is the one that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. This was public. Again, anybody could have been in the temple. Anyone who was a faithful Jew, uh, even the Gentiles could be in the outer courts. They could be close to where God was. But this was a public thing, and Joseph and Mary walk in with Jesus, and you see a glimpse of this public ministry that Jesus had. He came for the world. He came to reach out to each one of us. In verse 32, Simeon says, he's a light for revelation to the Gentiles. Over and over in the Bible, the Bible speaks of the Gentiles as those who are in darkness. They did not have the same revelation that the Jews had to be God's covenant people, to hear his word, to have the Ten Commandments come down with Moses on Sinai. But God is coming to reach those people. God is coming to reach the whole world, and he's coming to be a light of revelation. But also glory to your people, Israel. Israel, through Jesus, receives glory instead of shame. Remember I mentioned the disobedience of Israel over and over again in the Old Testament. Their failures over and over to be the people that they knew God wanted them to be. God, instead of giving them shame, he gives them Jesus. And through Jesus, they have glory. They can see things clearly, but then in Jesus, they have glory. And this is true of all Christians. That through faith in Jesus, he takes away our sin. He takes away our shame and gives us glory instead. So this is the Jesus that Simeon is able to see, the one who gives him peace, the one who can uh, give him peace 
uh, to depart from this world. Calvin on his deathbed said this, God is crushing me, but it's more than enough to know that you're the one who's doing it. Even in his darkest hour, even in his death, because he believed in God's sovereignty, because he believed in God's ownership of him, his ownership of every detail of his life, even in that worst moment, he could trust God and love God and know that he is not lost. J. Gresham Machen, a famous pastor from uh, the last century, incidentally, uh, J. Gresham Machen baptized Bobby Beale. So, I don't know, put that in your back pocket as uh, uh, a cool little tidbit. But uh, he, he was from Baltimore, uh, a famous author, theologian. Uh, but this is what he said on his deathbed. He said, thank God for the active obedience of Christ. There is no hope without it. Again, J. Gresham Machen, faithful servant of the Lord, even with, uh, with his struggles, on his deathbed, he was able to depart in peace because he was able to see Jesus. And we should want to see Jesus too. We should want to wait upon him. We should want to see him clearly so that we would have confidence in this life, so that we would have love in our hearts and the anxiety in our hearts that we'd be able to surrender those to the Lord as we see Jesus. So that was Simeon's peace. When he saw Jesus, he had peace to depart from this life. He had seen the one that he was waiting for. Now we see Mary's pleasure and pain. Look with me at verse 33. And his father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Now, many of us know the Christmas story. The the angel Gabriel had come uh, to Joseph, had come to Mary. They had received revelation about Jesus, right? They knew certain things that were coming, but yet here, more is revealed. They're, They're amazed at what is said about Jesus, things that they didn't yet know about. The point that I want to bring out in this section is we need God's revelation to help us to see Jesus. Simeon, as he was saying these things, he's looking back to Isaiah. He's looking back to what God's word had said already, and he's making that connection when he sees Jesus and as the Holy Spirit is upon him. But Joseph and Mary marvel about what is said about him. But Simeon's testimony gave Joseph and Mary more info about their son. And what did that do for them? Well, it gave them more knowledge to be able to live a faithful life. Again, Mary was alone when she received the revelation from the angel and was called to make a step of faith. And Joseph, similarly, was was told by the angel not to divorce Mary, not to send her away but that this was God's plan. But Mary and Joseph were given more information so that they could be faithful. They needed this information so that as they lived their lives, and especially as we'll see toward the end of Jesus' life, Mary really needed this. So Mary and Joseph had the pleasure of seeing the importance of Jesus and God's plan. Again, they were amazed. They are like, wow, not only... <laughs> Do we know that Jesus is special? 
God is helping other people to see that he is special too. So that was a great encouragement to them. They had pleasure in that moment, but also pain. Verse 34, and Simon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel. Again, he's going to be important. And for a sign that is, impo- that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. This is a picture of Jesus' suffering that's going to come. But also Mary's suffering. Again, nobody spent as much time with Jesus as Mary did. Right? Raising him, taking care of him. She needed to know this information so that when that moment come, when that moment came, she wouldn't abandon it all. She was able to hold out hope. She was able to trust God even in what seemed like utter defeat, even what seemed like total failure. And the breaking of her own heart to see her son dying on the cross. But she remembered God's promise. She was able to surrender her son to God's greater plan for her salvation and for the salvation of the whole world. So she needed this information because pain was coming. Jesus' pain and her pain. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, The preaching of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But for those who are being saved, it's the power of God. Through the mocking that everyone hurled upon Jesus, Mary was there, trusting in God's promise, being comforted. Do we believe this? Do we believe that when we see Jesus, when his word is revealing to us who he is, that we are comforted, that we receive the consolation that God is bringing to us, If you look to him, you will see that. A few weeks ago, uh, there's a a figure, uh, a hip-hop artist named Chance the Rapper. Some of you know who he is. Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. But what what he posted in his Instagram account was very fascinating and worth mentioning. He says, I'm on a plane headed out of the country on my first sabbatical. Now, he's a relatively young man, kind of young for a sabbatical, but that's okay. He says, I'm going away to learn the word of God, which I am admittedly very unfamiliar with. Does that sound familiar, or can you relate to that? He says, I've been brought up by my family to know Christ, but I haven't taken it upon myself to really just take a couple days and read my Bible. We all quote scripture and tell each other what God likes and doesn't like, but how much time do we spend as followers of Jesus to really just read and know his word. I'm definitely guilty of not devoting time to it. And that's the end of the quote. It's interesting, right? I think we all can relate to that. We know we should read God's word. We know that we should spend time with God, but other things get in the way, right? The schedule calls, duty calls. We've got to get up and out of bed. We've got to get to work. We've got to get to school. Things crowd out time with God, to think about him, to meditate on his word, even church on Sunday. There are lots of things that you all could be doing right now, but you've chosen to be here. Whether it's worshiping God together on Sunday morning, or in a Bible study in our small group, or when you're by yourself reading your Bible, the whole point is to see Jesus clearly. 
And if you will wait upon him and read his word, you will see him. And it will begin to change you. You will be comforted. You will be a more Christ-like person. You're able to take your fears to him. You'll see that he sees you. Again, this prediction that Jesus is the cause, will be the cause of the rising and falling of many in Israel. It's also true today. As you look to him, as you trust in him, you rise with him. And if you ignore him, or if you push him away, you will fall. This is not scare tactics. This is God's love reaching out to you, saying, this is the one that I have sent. This is the one that if you see You have life. You have confidence. You have peace. Moving on to Anna. Anna's proclamation. With her, we see the need of the help of others. We need the help of others to help us to see Jesus. Verse 36. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. Interesting thing about the tribe of Asher uh, it's not a very prominent tribe among God's people. It was one of the northern tribes. It was one of the tribes that was taken away in exile. Somehow, she or her ancestors come back, and they end up back in Jerusalem in the southern kingdom. So many had been cast off. Many never came back. But she is among those who came back, and she was waiting for God. And I take encouragement from the fact that God takes even the ones who have been scattered abroad. He brings them back. If you feel like you've been scattered abroad, if you feel like you've been forgotten about God, he's interested in you too. He reaches out to you and he reaches out to me. So, again, she was in the right place at the right time. She was being faithful to what God called her to do. But it says she was advanced in years having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. She was a faithful woman of God. She was in the right place at the right time, and God enabled her to see as well. Maybe she overheard what Simeon was saying, and the Holy Spirit was upon her, and she was able to see that this really was the one who was promised. And what did she do? And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Israel. God uses this faithful saint, this faithful woman of the Lord. As she praised God, she spread the word all around. All of her friends, all of her family who were also waiting for the Lord, who were confused about what they were seeing and experiencing, she was able to tell them that the Christ had come. And they were comforted by that. All who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. So here's where it finishes. Simeon had come proclaiming Jesus as the one who was to come. Joseph and Mary, with their little child Jesus, they hear more information about him. Their faith is strengthened. They have more information so that they can walk faithfully with the Lord. Um, Anna is there, and she is able to see what's happening, and she proclaims it all around. 
But what about us, the response of the people? In verse 38, there really there isn't a response of the people. And that's why it comes to this point where I say, what is our response? We will see Jesus when we are waiting for him. If you wait for him, you will see him. Many of us are looking forward to Christmas Day, especially the kids. But someone is greater than presence. Someone greater than presence is here. Jesus came to take away your sin and mine. He came to take away our shame. He came to be the one that if we see him clearly, we can live in this life. We can face death with confidence. We can love others. We can come to God with our failures all the times that we've messed up. And we come to Jesus and we say, forgive me, help me. Help me to be a faithful servant for as long as you have me here. Help me to see Jesus as I live my life. Help me to see Jesus in others when they minister to me. And help me to minister to others so that they can see Jesus through me. It's all about him that we would see him. And if we're waiting upon him, we will see him. Don't wait to look to him today. He is here. He is ready to receive you whether you've been a Christian for a long time or perhaps you're not a Christian. He says, come to me. He takes, he will receive even the person who's been far away. Let's go to him in prayer now. Our Father in heaven, we would see Jesus. He makes this life worth living. He is the one we truly need. We pray that we would worship him and glorify him and be changed by him as we look to him by faith. And it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.